welcome to the expat cast this is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in standing out and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad i'm your host nicole so there was this article going around talking about how germany and i think it was even specifically bavaria was thinking about going after people who were leaving silicon valley to recruit them to move to germany and work here The comments were out of control. (laughs) I got such a kick out of reading them. Some examples of comments were like, wow, these tech executives from Silicon Valley are going to be so excited to have to fax over their job application. (laughs) And like, wait till they try to set up a bank account with a pin that gets mailed to them two weeks after trying to sign up with the app. Stuff like that, like making fun of the lack of digital services in Germany. A lot of comments sort of complaining about the bureaucracy and all of the paperwork that goes into living here and how many hurdles can come in the way. I gotta say, it was really cathartic to read it all because I've been going through a lot of those same frustrations as I prepared to leave Germany. So I had a very, very busy weekend planned last weekend. I had to work a couple different abnormal shifts, including a Saturday shift. I had to sell our car, supposed to visit friends. And I think I was even selling other furniture along the way, as well as trying to squeeze in podcast recordings. So my weekend was packed. And then on Tuesday, I learned that I had to rearrange everything so that I could get to Bonn by 10 a.m. Monday morning. Bonn is about five hours from Freiburg. That means I could have woken up at like four or five in the morning and taken a train, except we've all met the Deutsche Bahn. The German train service is almost always late, so I couldn't rely on that. So that meant I had to go up Sunday, stay the night in a hotel, all just to go to this appointment. Basically, I applied for this like special document and turns out the only thing that they need before they can give it to me is my fingerprints. So I like have to get this done as soon as possible. Also, by the way, no one told me that they were just waiting on my fingerprints. I heard not a word. I had to figure that out for myself through multiple emails. The appointment I had to go for, the thing that this was all about is, as I said, fingerprints. So I traveled all the way up to Bonn. I stayed the night. I go to this appointment, I hand them a passport photo, they ask me to put my fingerprints onto this little screen. I hold it for five seconds, and then we're done. That was it. Less than five minutes. This machine, by the way, it exists in every, every city in Germany. (laughs) It's just that this department that took my fingerprints only exists in either Bonn or Berlin, so I guess I should be grateful I didn't have to go to Berlin. But things like this just make me think of that article saying they want to recruit tech workers from Silicon Valley. I mean, I know, I know if anyone works for any of these departments, they would have a very good reason why it had to be that I had to go to Bonn. They had to check my identity there. But like, if you just take a step back, and it's very clear to me that this could have happened in Freiburg and any other city. It didn't have to be Bonn. But because it's Germany, it had to be Bonn and I had to spend all this time in my life that I do not actually have right now to go do this. So the good news is it's done and hopefully I'll get this document that I need in time and I will try to stop complaining about this. But that's just like a glimpse into the kind of stuff that I've been dealing with with preparing to leave Germany. It's been so many things like that. And I... I'm very eager to see how it is to live in a third country because I feel like I, I, I kind of know that the U.S. is also a disaster with a lot of this immigration stuff, but I never had to do it because I was born in that country. I know it's ridiculous in Germany, but I don't know 
how ridiculous or how normal it is because I, I don't really have anything to compare it to. So I'm excited for my upcoming move to Paraguay. It'll give me another point of reference. And that made me that much more excited when I heard from this week's guest. He's just a listener who reached out and said, hey, Oscar is from Ecuador, is currently living in the US and is moving to Germany. I was so pumped to talk to someone who's got two of the three countries in common with me and that third country, although they're quite different countries, it's at least the same continent. So Oscar joins me to compare and contrast the three locations that he has or will be living in. And it was such a delightful conversation and also really insightful and honestly surprising. I I actually truly was surprised at several moments and I think you will be too. So let's dive into the episode. Enjoy. My name is Oscar Schnabel. I was um, born in Ecuador, a town called Puerto Viejo off the coast. I moved to Cleveland, Ohio in December 2016. I've been living here ever since. And in September of this year, I'll be moving to Germany, Hamburg. We had like a new record of different technical issues, mostly, no, entirely on my end, getting this set up. So um, (laughs) while we've been battling those, we've gotten to chat and now I'm just like bursting at the seams with things. But okay, we're going to start just to like map out the geography of your life. I think actually, if I remember it correctly, your first sort of abroad, like longer abroad experience was actually in Germany. Is that right? Yes, not technically. Um, So growing up, I have family here in the USA. A couple times for my whole vacation, I spent two to three months in the States. That's how I learned English. And it's just visiting family. And then I did a school semester in Germany for my internships before graduating college. I was in a little town called Ochtrup in Nordrhein-Westfalen. It's really close to Munster. I've heard of Moonstar. I've never heard of the other one. <laughs> yeah, Octrop is really small, but it's, it was it was really special. Like um, sometimes I I hear stereotypes about German people being cold and hard to make friends, and and maybe my experience blinded me about it because I had the best time. Everybody was so nice, so friendly, welcoming. Like right off the bat, I was meeting people the the, the following day I arrived. So wow. it was amazing. Do you speak German? A little bit. My great-grandpa was born in Hamburg, <laughs> out of all cities, um, and he moved to Ecuador and then straight straight line, grandpa, my dad, and then myself. I, I've been curious about the culture and the language, um, so I took German classes initially just for fun and, like, you know, expand knowledge, but then that was two years before the opportunity of the semester abroad happened. But at the end of my semester, I was... I, I, I would like to say I was really fluent. I was speaking as fast as they were, understanding everything, and maybe an article I will miss here and there, but yeah, I was good. Seven years passed, and seven, eight years passed, and um, <laughs> now my German is is a conversational level, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about to get so much better, because you'll be forced to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, and then you went back to Ecuador for a while, and then to... Cleveland. So I had my internship in Germany, came back to Ecuador, finished school, graduated, and then worked there for a year. We didn't know about this, me and my sisters, but my parents had applied for green cards to the States 
years ago, uh, eight, ten years ago, before we found out that, yeah, you guys are approved. Now just some um, interview. Then my parents talked to us like, hey, this is what we did so many years behind. Like all the process went down. We get approved. You guys would like to move. That fell like a few months after Ecuador was hit with a big earthquake. So the economy wasn't doing good. I mean, the economy is not good to start off with. The earthquake really hampered the economy even more. And it was a no-brainer at the time. Like, yeah, let's move to the States. Uh, we have family here. We have a place to stay while we get on our feet and get our apartments and stuff. So that's how it happened. Why Cleveland is a question I get all, I get all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the answer. Because <laughs> when you come to the States, you are expected to already have an address that they can ship you your social security card, your actual green card. Like you're expected to have so many things that, I mean, somebody just moving here wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, so the family here in Cleveland was able to accommodate us. So we came here. The last piece of the puzzle before we can start getting into details is your return to Germany, actually, in fact, back to Hamburg. So tell us how that came to be. It's a great coincidence that I'll be back to the city where my great-grandpa was born. Um, so I met my, my current partner here in Cleveland. And the reason we like instantly connect were languages. She could speak Spanish, English, and German. And I initially thought, you know, she was from the States because her English is 100% perfect. It's incredible. It's incredible good. But no, it turns out she's German. She was here in Cleveland for studying her master's degree. And she could speak Spanish because she lived one year in Paraguay. And, yeah. um, <laughs> and <laughs> one year in Paraguay and then one year in Spain. So her Spanish was also perfect, which is such a, I don't know, that's, she's great for languages. Yeah, things things moved on really well. I had my letter of naturalization from the German state. So she helped me get my passport. We had a trip to Chicago for the consulate. Once I got my passport, I'm just a green card holder here. So it'll make sense that if we want to live together, it's easier for us to move to Germany than the other way around for her to come to the States because she will have to go through the whole um getting work permits or HB1 visas or so um, yeah and she is from Hamburg that's so exciting and like what what a fun like kind of random circular moment in life like it was complete coincidence that this all came together but really really cool that you'll be living in the place that your great-grandfather was from felt like everything was falling into place and and that's coming up so at the end of the summer Germany. <laughs> Here I very, come. Very, very exciting. I Okay. I have one more random topic I want to ask you about, which is during our technical <laughs> difficulties, I had to restart my computer and I was finding you on Instagram so that I can let you know what was happening. And then while I was waiting for my computer to reboot, I was looking at your page and you, you like inspect bridges for work. Is yep. that correct? Yes. Yes. That's, that's correct. so cool. Oh my goodness. Okay. I know it's not the episode topic, but can you give me like a quick like bullet points? Like what is that job? And do you just like hang out on cool structures all day? <laughs> That's, um, you know what, before I get into that, this is another great um, coincidence. It's like, you may know that Hamburg has a ton of bridges. Yeah. Um, and that's something through our, our dating life. Debbie told me Hamburg has the most bridges in all of Europe. It's like more than London and Venice combined. And I'm like, oh, wow, <laughs> that's pretty cool. I actually did not put that together. Oh, my goodness, it's ridiculous. It's like completely yes. perfect. <laughs> um, so I'm a civil engineer. 
So I applied to jobs. I got a job in a, in a local consulting company. I started doing roadway for them. But um, since my background in Ecuador has a really focus on um, a really heavy focus on structures because we we get hit with earthquakes a lot. We're like in that ring of fire, like like LA, San Francisco, Indonesia, like the whole Pacific ring of fire. So um, throughout my studies, I did a lot of structures and they moved me to the structural team and they got some, the company has some contracts with the city and, and states to inspect breaches. And the last three years, I've been training to a breach inspector. So yeah. That is the best part of my job, actually. The one that I love the most is just going out there, climb the bridges and, and see what's going on with them. That is the coolest thing. I, I used to live in Chicago, which has a lot of bridges. And the other place I used to live actually was in Charleston, South Carolina, which is one of its most famous landmarks is this like giant, beautiful bridge. So I just, I don't know, I've <laughs> long time had like a kind of lustful, romantic feeling about bridges. Like, I just think they're such an interesting structure. They're a great metaphor. And the fact that you work on them is just like so freaking cool and got me really pumped. And I just, yeah, I just had to ask. <laughs> um, well, thank you. Yes, um, I, I totally agree with you. Like, it's, it's, it's amazing. The structures are, the structures in general are such a, like, when I was a kid, I always thought, like, how is this standing? Like, that's what got me into engineering. And then the bridges, like, the, the all the little parts that they may have in, in all have a function. Like, so I, I was lucky at my company to have the opportunity to um, be part of the bridge inspection team and and have, like, a mentor, a co-worker that is also my friend and became a mentor. And we both are the ones who go out and inspect the bridges. And sometimes it's not fancy sometimes we actually have to like military crawl in mud to get to the bottom corner of the bridges <laughs> sometimes like oh, the pictures man. i like the pictures i post i won't i won't post myself covered in mud but the ones i post i'm like full body hardness climbing up the structure in downtown cleveland with the skyline behind me that's amazing that's yeah that it's is really really cool, really cool. Okay, okay. I'll pull myself off of that track. Also, okay, no, one one last thing. This is so funny. I have a digital picture frame where you just like upload different photos and it scrolls through every like five minutes a new photo. As we were talking about this, the picture on the frame just switched to a picture of Chicago, a picture of the bridges in Chicago. Oh <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to <laughs> back to international geographical expatal stuff. Um okay. So when we were talking about you coming on the show for some reason i kept having uh, like this picture of like a three circle venn diagram in my mind we'll focus on your experience in in specifically ecuador specifically the us and then specifically germany but i'm really curious i sort of gave you that vision um ahead of time and wanted to talk through what you were reflecting on in terms of like how would you for instance fill out that venn diagram of these three places Okay, which two, which pairing of two places should we talk about first? The pairing, I think Ecuador and Germany will be a, a good pairing to start. There are some similarities, uh, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's really exciting. It's also, of course, the one I know the least about, so I'm very interested to hear. So hit me with it. What is? What are some commonalities? Now that I live in the States and I, I feel like I know more about all these three, these three places, I can compare the quality, quality, the quality of the food in Ecuador and Germany is really good without actually costing a lot. When you go to supermarkets in Germany and in Ecuador, like vegetables, fruits are organic, like fresh off the farm, right in the market, right to your table. <laughs> you know, they, they, they're not cost like 
in, in incredible amounts that they, the organic ones cost here in the States, unfortunately. So I know Germany is almost, I've heard it's almost unmatched in um, work and life balance, but I, I will say the one in Ecuador is also pretty good. We have a lot of long holidays and the beach The beach is really close and there's, um, you know, your life doesn't revolve around work in Ecuador either. So you have a good balance between work and life. Nightlife, I think, is also quite similar. It's essentially a 24-hour cycle in both. Wow. Uh, Ecuador does have like a little rule that after like 4 a.m. you should close, but... It's not really enforced. Like uh, you can go at 4 a.m. to a restaurant, and if you know the restaurant is open 24 hours, you'll go and there's people eating like it's 8 p.m. So that's that's similarity because in Germany, <laughs> on the weekends, the, the places, the bars will close when the last person leaves, <laughs> regardless if that's yeah. 7 a.m. <laughs> and another, and this is pretty important for me, is that um, you don't need a car. In Ecuador, um, of course, in just like in Germany, it helps to have a car if you want to have like a trip and 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 not be attached to the train schedules or bus schedules. Of course, it helps, but you don't need to, especially for commuting. You don't need to. Um, the public transportation in Ecuador is definitely not the best, definitely not at Germany's level, but it's 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 pretty reliable. Uh, so that's something similar. And then access to healthcare. Nobody will die in Ecuador or Germany if they have something, or nobody will go bankrupt for 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 a disease. In Ecuador, it's a a part of you of your paycheck, so it depends on your income level because the percentage is the, stays the same across everybody. Ah, uh, so, yeah, okay. That's I think, in my understanding at least, that's how it is here in the public insurance as well. Oh, that's even more similar. Like, um, yeah. So, and I think that's fair, you know, like um, for somebody making making a little above the minimum, they don't have to, they shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be paying the same as somebody making, you know, five figures, six figures in Ecuador is a lot. So, so yeah, so I feel, I feel like that's pretty fair system. And, and the most important part for me is that, yeah, nobody will go bankrupt for a disease or nobody will just be left to die. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. So that's that's something I got in between Ecuador and Germany. That's a really already a really interesting list. The Ecuador and the U.S. is you, apparently you're both on the the dollar, so that's yes. cool. Um, what else do you have in that category? Um, pop culture. Oh my god, it's <laughs> um, like pop American pop culture in the in Ecuador is pretty ingrained. It's um, uh, you know everything about the the, the superstars, movies, stars, TV. It's 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 crazy. Um, even sports, like in the US, there's like NBA, NFL, and all and and all that stuff. And in Ecuador, everybody knows that. Even though obviously soccer is king over there, it, they still know about the 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 big the biggest names on the sports. Um, I feel like um, I would like to say the language, because Ecuador everybody speaks Spanish, but there's a good amount of people who speaks English as well. And if you're an English speaker in Ecuador and you will find people speaking English around there and you will get, you will be able to communicate, um, you know, unlike going into a small city in Germany where you really won't find anybody speaking anything other than German and similar in the States, at least in the cities, you will find somebody speaking Spanish around. I feel that's something that they have in common in the East to meet people. Obviously, in, in South America, that's unmatched. Uh, people are so warm and friendly and welcoming. But I feel like in the States, it was also easy for me to meet people, have my, my core group of friends uh, really quickly after I got here. So um, I don't know if um, everybody in the States have the same 
ease to make friends like I did here in Cleveland, but um, like I found it like here it was just the easiest thing like I, I met people from a gym and they introduced me to more people and then those people introduced me to more people and yeah I, was, I think it was pretty easy and and I, I um, that's something that cannot be said about Germany I think like it takes more time over there yeah yeah for sure just like that openness that you could even fall into conversation with someone it, it, like to an extent that they would invite you to a party or something is it's, it's hard to imagine I think I mean it does happen it's just like under certain and special circumstances and not not very common <laughs> that's what I think it happened to me when I was in my internship and is that it did happen like I met people so quickly, but it was this special circumstance that I was at a host family with a host sister and she introduced me to all her friends and everybody was just nice to me. So I feel that that was the caveat. That was the circumstance that made me just like have friends, have like a number of friends, like just two days into Germany. But I know that is not the case, like in a big city where you just, just you and maybe one more person. And then you know, it takes, takes a time to build a friendship over there. Yeah. I have a random question for you. With the U.S. and Ecuador, do they use the same kind of outlets? Yes. Electric outlets, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, the same really? ones. Yeah. So this is really interesting. This is um, So my, my partner is already in uh, Paraguay at this point. So I'm slowly learning more and more through his messages and reports back. <laughs> Apparently, it's been very confusing because when you buy goods – in stores or online, they come with mm -hmm. like any imaginable outlet. But the walls oh. in the house that we're renting are the European outlet. So oh. we were confused. Like if it's the European system, then why why are they also selling other outlets on the goods in the stores? But maybe it's because they're importing from different South American countries and maybe there's more sort of diversity of outlet styles in across countries. I would have made the same guess because I know for a fact South in Argentina and Chile is the European outlet. In Ecuador, we have the same in the U.S. So maybe Paraguay is just in the middle. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then U.S. to Germany. Um, well, this is probably the one that I, I, I had the least common things, um, at least in my personal perspective, it's just the strong economies in both countries and the jobs that are available. That is, uh, unfortunately, something in Ecuador is not as strong as the other two countries, is that um, the economy is not as strong and it takes a while to get a job, but not in the States or Germany. So, but that's, <laughs> that's all I have. <laughs> really? Um, oh, that's interesting. Really, the, the way of life is so different between Germany and the States. So it's so funny because I think a lot of people here, when they hear that I'm from the US, they're like, oh, it must be easy for you to transition here because they're so similar. I just, I don't know if I really agree with that. And I think at the beginning, I agreed with it a bit more before I like actually knew anything about Germany. Um, and now that I'm closer to leaving, I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I can't tell if I'm just completely like wrapped up in my own experience, but I just, I think they're really different but I don't feel like I can say that yet because I only have two points of comparison it's just interesting to hear from from your perspective that like it, not as many things come to mind that are that are similar if, if we're talking trivial things like like western culture just like the western world then of course USA Germany all of western Europe and the states and Canada you can put everything in the same bag but um 
but if you i think if you really get down to it and live in both countries there's just there's not really much to 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 compare it's per, perhaps uh, the germans have a different perspective because of the western world and you know there's so many people coming from from the eastern side of the world to germany and that is a whole different culture so maybe they think it's easier for somebody from the states to transition into german culture and life but but yeah down to the nitty gritty <laughs> um i think they're pretty different countries yeah, so this this makes me then think, um, right, so this Venn diagram, the three circles, they're all overlapping a little bit, and then in the middle is theoretically another overlap. Theoretically. Theoretically. <laughs> what do you have to tell us about that? But I, 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 really, I really put a lot of thought into it, and I, I, just, I just cannot find something that the three countries have in common. It was, I was thinking... These are trivial stuff, like we all drink beer and we all drive <laughs> on the right side of the road and 40 hours, work weeks, um, but nothing really. <laughs> like, I don't, besides the, those things, like, yeah, there's nothing that all three have in common. It was, it was really hard to think about it. And, I, and at the end, I gave up. I was like, well, you know, you know what? It's just three different countries that they really don't overlap all three of them together. Yeah, I mean, that's also an available answer, of course. Yeah, super interesting. I'd be curious, I know of at least one or two listeners who have some kind of Ecuador connection and and at either a U.S. or Germany connection. So I'll be curious to see if anyone, uh, upon hearing this, like has anything to contribute, like if they see any overlap between all three countries. The three? Yeah. Oh, man, I would love to hear that. Yes. Yeah, I'd be um... really curious. Okay, the the next thing I wanted to go through real fast. So I'm... As we know, I'm moving to Paraguay in, let's see, as of recording, about four weeks. Finally, this move has been like dragging on and on and on, but I'm finally going to be there soon. <laughs> um, oh, and I still don't know that much about it, mostly because I just haven't found that many people who have even been there to visit, let alone live there, <laughs> who can tell me about it. So when you said that your partner lived there, even if it was just a year, um, I was really excited to um, just know that and then ask a couple questions. Okay. Then I will say also, when I sat down to write these questions, I was like, I don't even know what to ask because I know so little, like, where do I even start? No. So, <laughs> so did you, you already sent them to her and you have her responses. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. We talk about it. Um, okay. so now I'm pretty confident because okay. even though I'm South American and, and, you know, there's some familiarity with all the countries down there, um, for the specifics of Paraguay, I yeah, 100% will rely on her because she spent a year there and she loved it. She loved it. That's already so good to hear that she loved it. <laughs> it makes me feel optimistic. <laughs> okay, so my first question for her was, how would she describe the people? People are easygoing, they are relaxed, they are pretty helpful and warm. But particular to Paraguay is that they are really proud of the culture. They from south america like they're the only country that really really has a second language that they use and almost everybody knows it's funny because growing up i would watch you know um qualifiers for the world cup and the paraguayans players were always speaking guarani their the language just to just to throw off everybody else because <laughs> everybody else speaks spanish and then brazilians speak portuguese but has you can understand portuguese if you, if you speak spanish and vice versa so they will they will speak in Guarani just to throw everybody off. And I will always find find that like, wow, that's pretty cool that they can do that. That's really um, funny. So they're really proud of that. For Devi, my, my partner, she um people were helpful with her and also like to get her to know some words in Guarani to make her feel more integrated to the culture, which I think was really nice. 
it's, it's almost like a trick question in a way. I, I asked that question because the few times that I have encountered someone who knew someone who had been to Paraguay or had lived there or, you know, whatever, the first thing everyone would say is the people are just wonderful. But yeah, it's just like such, such a consistent um, piece of feedback is people just saying, yeah, like, yeah so, people are just so, great. Yeah, and so it's really I, cool to hear from her side too. And okay, another very important thing, the food. <laughs> How was the food? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, she loved the food. <laughs> it's the first thing she will come back to. Um, <laughs> we had a short trip to New York. And out of all the little trips that we have here in the States, that was the one she was the most excited because there was a Paraguayan restaurant. Oh, my gosh. And it's like the, <laughs> the first thing we did once we got there was going to this Paraguayan restaurant. All right. So she loved it. Um, they take pride on their food because a lot of it comes from the Warani culture. And most of the names are in Warani which um, you will soon learn. At least the food names, those are words that you will never forget in Warani. She... <laughs> but she said to try everything. Like, even if there's one thing that you may not find so tasty, like, don't let it discourage from the other things. Or if you find a place, a restaurant that is not so good, uh, don't let that discourage you from, from keep trying. Because she said that it's more often than not, everything is delicious. And if you have like a bar experience, it might be just that place, you know. Mm -hmm. There's something called Chipawasu that she once tried to make here. It was really good. And then once we went to that restaurant in New York, she ordered everything and I tried it. And yeah, it's really good. It's, it's based out of corn. It's like a corn and cheese casserole. Um, it's more like a pastry kind of thing, but it's... It was really good. And this is something that you will find out. There's something called a Paraguayan soup, obviously in Spanish, but um, it's not a soup. And I won't tell you the story because I think it will be nice for you to to go there and people will tell you the story 100% <laughs> why it's called a Paraguayan soup. Okay. Even though it's not really a soup, it's like a, it's like a cornbread. Oh. So. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. Okay, and... now it's going to be top on my list of things to get is Paraguayan soup. And then I will be forewarned that is it is not soup. <laughs> it's not soup. <laughs> and then um, she said the um, asados, which is a Spanish for like grilling, even though that's not native for them, not, not truly Warani culture, that's something they actually do really good, perhaps because they're pretty close to Argentina where they are known for that. But that's something that she said to try out amongst the grilling. There's something called lomito árabe, which is Spanish for like um, Arabian steak. Ooh. But she said, once you see like a corner food vendor, the ones that are out with a little trolley and, and plastic chairs, go get one of those. She <laughs> could not stop talking about it and how delicious <laughs> they are. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this whole barbecue culture because every house that we looked at had a built-in outdoor barbecue or full-out like second kitchen outside. I have to say my partner and I are mostly vegetarian, I would say. Um, we've talked a lot about what that's going to look like there just because it seems like meat's a pretty important part of the culture, but I'm, I'm definitely open to adjusting and, and seeing what they have. Luckily, the the from what I've heard, the base of their traditional foods and from the Warani culture is, is corn and cheese. So you'll have no problems with that. Yep, that <laughs> sounds then... great. <laughs> what were the things um, that made her love her time there so much? She overlapped that, that answer with the other ones because food was something that made her love the time that she spent in Paraguay and the people. And she mentioned the the raw beauty of the nature out down there in Paraguay that 
that you can find like a wonderful tree in the middle of the road and the road will will be built around the tree and oh, not wow. the other way around like most of the world does you just take the tree down and, and put your road there it's like like yeah the cars will like turn around you'll see a roundabout because in the middle is like a wonderful tree um she loved that um there's so much nature and so many reserves close she mentioned some close to the border with brazil that are just wonderful to camp and yeah she had a great time because of all these things Okay, this makes me really, really excited. I'm very grateful to you and your partner both for taking the time to answer those questions because it's been hard to get excited about this future life when I know so little about it. And part of me is excited about the surprise, but it's been a rough couple of weeks with the moving prep and it's just like, uh, I just need to be reminded what's waiting for me on the other side. And yeah. and now I'm like imagining like just kind people and a bunch of great food Corn and cheese and steaks. Like, this sounds great. <laughs> Good trees that are well-respected. <laughs> so, yeah, you've definitely just made me a bit more excited about my move. Um, and then one last question for you before we round up is, like, what are some things that are you, that you're most excited about for your move? Most thing I'm looking forward to is, is, is going back to live in a walkable community. I made the point when I moved to Cleveland to, to live in the most walkable area around the state. And I did that. That this 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 suburb I live in, the the very first west of Cleveland, is the most densely populated and walk pedestrian and, and bike friendly of of the whole state of Ohio. Wow. Um, and still still doesn't feel that like walkable. <laughs> so even though it's been great here, I I'm looking forward to actually not don't need a car. Like being able to I'm off work, get off the building. And just walk around and see people, density, like see the city alive, little shops in the corners and everybody going and doing something. I, that's, that's something, I don't know, maybe that's a little bit myself. I, I, I'm pretty, I feel like I'm pretty urbanistic. And that's something that just makes me happy, seeing people walking around and see the cities alive. And nothing makes a city more alive than people and density. So I'm looking forward for that, especially in Hamburg, which I, I was just there in December and seeing people everywhere. Despite the cold, everybody's just out walking, having fun. You know, I lead a society where recycling is a big thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm, also, I'm also looking forward for that because um, something I learned there, honestly, it's something I didn't, I didn't learn in Ecuador or in the States, but there. And I think, I think it's, it's, I don't know, I think it's super important. So now I'm, I'm looking forward for actually, you know, not only not being the only one who is like separating the wrapping of the jogger here in the States, but like, <laughs> it was feeling like everybody's doing it. You're about to um, be in very good company. <laughs> so I'm definitely looking forward for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is time to round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. So it is oh, a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? Oh, man. <laughs> I am ready. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite bridge in the United States? Oh, that's tough because there's so many <laughs> nice bridges that I haven't had the opportunity to go through. And unfortunately, the answer is going to be very local. Um, there's an Eagle Avenue bridge in Cleveland. Um, that it's no longer in operation, but it's there. It's a movable bridge that goes up and down, and now it's just permanently up because um, the river has like U.S. Coast Guard boats going through it, so the, the oh, bridge wow. has to go be has to be up. And I had the opportunity to inspect it. It feels like this this capsule capsule in time, but that when when the bridge would stop 
uh, being operational. And we got up there, which just getting up there was an adventure in itself. And then once, <laughs> once up there, everything just fell like back in time. And I don't know, it was so great. And it's part of the whole Cleveland skyline because it's just there. And that's, and that's cool. actually the reason we had to inspect it. It's like, this bridge is just there. We don't want to turn it down. So let us know if we can still live it there. <laughs> so uh, nice. that's that's going to be my answer. It's very local. Probably very few people know about it, but it's it, it was such a wonderful experience to be there. So yeah. yeah. That's, that's... Well, hey, now, now a, more, a couple more people will know about it and maybe we'll go look it up and, and have a new appreciation for it. So well yep. done. Eagle yeah. Avenue Bridge. What is your favorite bridge in Europe? Oh wow, that's another hard question because all I know it's it's it's, it's, it's Germany. Um, but I'm gonna say the El the Elbrücken, the bridge, uh, the the bridge crossing the Elbe in in Hamburg, um, have this frame. The truss is not the typical just steel going up or diagonal, but there it's just like waves. It, it looks pretty interesting. Um, I promise I'm not just lying to make this sound cooler but again this digital picture frame just showed a picture of this um, bridge in porto portugal there's like oh. a really giant famous bridge there so that was accompanying us in the last couple minutes of conversation <laughs> okay <laughs> so and nice. final question it's not bridge related you mentioned before we started recording that you visited freiburg during your internship back in the day um, oh, yeah. what is like the top thing that you remember or enjoyed about freiburg no questions asked. The the beer garden. I don't know if it was like a particular day where students was were just out there. There's a, in a little hill that looks down to the the Altstadt, the downtown of Freiburg. I just went up there. Everybody just was on the grass with a beer, a group of friends and circles, having fun. Um, it was a wonderful day, sunset. Like I don't know, it felt so nice. I think that's. I remember Freiburg mostly like like a college by town people just relax having fun on the grass sipping beer looking at the sunset that was so nice i think i know exactly where you mean and it's one of my very very favorite things in all of freiburg so i'm so happy <laughs> that you got to do it back then <laughs> i wanted to say thank you so much not only for putting up with all of the technical issues at the beginning but for reaching that out for coming issue. on the show it was such a wonderful conversation i'm so glad that i got to know you a little bit well, thank you. I cannot thank you enough for like uh, letting me be on the show. I, I I've been a fan of, and <laughs> just being invited to something that you've been a fan of, I think is pretty great. And yeah. Um. Thank you for having me. I, I I had a blast. I I've been smiling the whole time we talked, and um. Yeah. I cannot wait to move and be an expat again. <laughs> Thank you one more time to Oscar for coming onto the show. Oscar is someone who heard my call saying that I have a couple slots left for the season and reached out. I'm so glad he did. This was such a great talk and I might have one more slot left for the season. I'm not sure, but this is your moment. If anyone's sitting out there and they were on the fence about reaching out, go ahead and reach out. If I do end up with that one slot, I would love to fill it with a listener. If you're not already following me, go ahead and follow me on Instagram and you can visit me online at theexpatcast.com. Of course, make sure that you are subscribed to the show so you get all future episodes automatically in your podcast feed. As always, I want to thank Amy Lungi Art for the logo and Side Hug for the theme music. They're on Instagram at a hug from the side. On Thursday, I'll be back in your feeds with an episode talking with someone who's kind of shopped around for her ideal life. And that, of course, includes shopping around for the ideal location. Till then, have a wonderful week. Bis dann. Tschüss.